Put industry leading, difference making, and tomorrow shaping on your to-do list. Explore Deloitte technology careers at deloitte.com slash tech careers and engineer your future at Deloitte. Hi, I'm Bonnie Curry, one of the narrators on the Abide app, a premium ad-free biblical meditation experience. Join the millions of people who download the Abide app to reduce stress, improve sleep, and experience the peace of God every day. You can text the word PEACE to 22433 for a seven-day free trial of Abide. Just text PEACE to 22433, and you'll likely hear from me again on the app as I guide you through daily meditations or help you fall asleep and experience the peace of God. On today's Huddle Up podcast... Carl and Nick are joined by special guest Eric Trickle as they preview the Broncos preseason week four matchup against the Arizona Cardinals, as well as give their opinions on the 53-man roster. You are listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Welcome to the Huddle Up Podcast, your go-to show for all things Broncos. Once again, Broncos country, it is time to huddle up. I am Carl Dummler, and with me as always, we have Nick Kendall, as well as we're being joined by the Alaskan Bronco himself, Eric Trickle. Guys, how's it going? Exhausting. Having a little girl who doesn't want to sleep is very exhausting. (laughs) Uh, I'm doing pretty well over here in Iowa City. Like talked about last week, uh, got tickets for the game this weekend. Going to see Josh Allen play against my Iowa Hawkeyes, hopefully... I mean, I like the player, but I mean, if he throws five interceptions like he did against Nebraska opening week last year, I wouldn't be too upset. But Wasn't that I like think... his second start, though? Oh, yeah. No, I'm not holding that against him. Also, the team just started to fall apart. Like, he was having to play hero ball to keep him in the game. and His just first half was fantastic. Yes, it was. I'm, I'm a fan. A lot of people, a lot of the NFL draft Twitter people are hating on Josh Allen. We're not going to go too much in the quarterback, but I still love the tools. I'm sorry. Kill me. I like a big guy who can run around and play like Rodgers. We went into quarterbacks last time I was on, so if they want to listen to that, they can just jump to that episode. There you go. All right, guys. Well, this show's focus is all things that pertain to your Denver Broncos, from game previews to reviews, from roster analysis, offseason, and draft speculation, of course, those flaming hot takes that we love to, to give you. Nick and I will continue to bring you listeners interesting content from the most for the most hardcore fans who think, eat, and breathe Bronco football seven days a week. While it is fun to simply watch the game, we are here to provide an entertaining deep dive on the Broncos roster and key matchups in each and every preview episode. With Nick and myself, as well as, of course, Eric, we are all hardcore far- film junkies, and we will try to bring you this episode from a more scout-based perspective, breaking down the, the matchup from a talent and, of course, that X's and O's perspective. Follow myself on Twitter at Carl Dumbler MHH, as well as follow Nick at Nick Kendall MHH, and, of course, and Eric at Eric Trickle. Be sure to tweet us as any questions or opinions you have because we live for talking Bronco football. You can also follow the podcast Twitter account at HuddleUpPod. Make sure you check out ours and our co-writers' written content at milehighhuddle.com, a part of scout.com and an affiliate of CBS Sports Digital Network. We know you listeners are as football and Bronco crazy as we are, so please give us a click and subscribe to listen to us on iTunes as well as Stitcher. Don't forget to share us on Facebook and Twitter. 
We wouldn't be here today without you listeners, so please take the time to rate and subscribe to let your voices be heard on how you enjoy the show. Now, a very, very exciting thing for you listeners. For the next two weeks, we're going to be running a contest. The best rating and review on iTunes and Stitcher will receive the compl- a complimentary milehighhuddle.com VIP premium membership. The winner will get access to all of our film reviews, X's and O's, as well as our members-only message boards. Even if it's not a glowing review, we're looking for the best, most creative. But come on, you listen because you love us, so take care of that. We'll announce the winner on the Scouts Eye Preview of Week 1 vs. the Chargers. Now, I wanted to let you know before we get into anything that today's episode is brought to you by our new sponsor, MyBookie.net. MyBookie.net is all about the excitement of making accurate sports predictions on your favorite teams without having to risk any funds. It's totally recreational, and there are all kinds of prizes. In today's climate, the fantasy industries have made watching football a lot more interesting. So go to MyBookie.net and compete for great prizes totally free. All right, guys. Well, normally in these preview episodes, we like to to break down the upcoming game and matchups and areas of strengths and weaknesses of the Broncos and their opponents and, of course, highlighting some of the opponent's key playmakers and we're, we're going to touch on that just a little bit here with the Cardinals players, but we don't want to do that as much here today because, well, it's preseason game four. You know, if there if there's that one game that maybe you can kind of, uh, you know, make a couple more beer runs or whatever you want to do, this might be the game. And, uh, you know, this is that least important NFL football game of the entire season. But that said, it, it's still a Broncos football game. And if they play, you know that we're going to be watching. And... Since we're not going to be breaking down the opponent as much because, you know, third and fourth string players of the the Cardinals, not very, very interesting. We wanted to spend a little bit of extra time today breaking down the final 53-man roster and our predictions and understand we have not talked to each other about these at all. And so we might have a few names and we might get into some disagreements here. And this is, uh, Eric wanted me to let everybody know this is 100% Nick's idea. So so make sure to keep (laughs) that in mind. But before we get to the the 53-man <laughs> roster, we wanted to, to go ahead and hit on just a few key matchups because these are the guys that are fighting for those those final few roster spots. And, and, and there are some important players in this game, some players that will make an impact on this season for the Broncos and for the Cardinals. And, and we wanted to first off start here with some, some key matchups. And, and the first one is the Arizona pass game versus the Broncos. They have a, a couple of quarterbacks here, and Drew Stanton and Blaine Gabbert, and and they have some interesting names at wide receiver and tight end. Uh, guys, are, is there anybody that kind of catches your eye for the Cardinals that that we're going to be going up against that you want to kind of keep an eye on and how we handle them? Well, not really to keep an eye on because I'm curious about how we handle them, but Blaine Gabbert catches my attention because I totally didn't realize he was on the Cardinals. Yeah, he uh, really. I mean, it's preseason football again, but I saw plenty of joking tweets. Um, when the Cardinals, they started off in that Hall of Fame game against the uh, Cowboys and Blaine Gabbert was like on fire, throwing bullets and running around and looking like the Blaine Gabbert of the Missouri days. So he's somebody who, uh, I mean, still fun to watch an athletic quarterback with a decent arm. And, you know, with uh, Bruce Arians, you know, calling the shots there, they're going to have a decent passing game. So that, it'll be interesting to see how our backup uh, defensive backs and uh edge rushers and everything handle that pass game because you know that it's the Cardinals they're going to sling it around uh the guy that I'm mainly watching in the pass game for the Cardinals is Chad Williams he was a third round pick for them this year from Grambling State a lot of people didn't think he would go that high he did have some uh 
issues. Uh, he had fire firearms, um, but was pretty productive there. He does a good job using his hands away from his body um, and was one of the – a lot of people said that Cooper Cup and Josh Reynolds were two of the best wide receivers at the Senior Bowl. But the other name that I remember sticking out um, left and right from different Twitter uh, scouts and other people that I respect was Chad Williams, and he went pretty high in the draft. So, yeah, he's somebody that I'm guessing will get a decent amount of playing time this week, and it's going to be a good test for our backup defensive backs because Cardinals love to throw the rock. I agree. Blaine Gabbert, um, as you said, it did come back to me after you mentioned the Hall of Fame game. I do remember seeing stuff of clips of it on Twitter and stuff like that of him making some really nice throws. The issue with Gabbert has always been he's kind of a hmm, how do I put this a wimp, I guess. He he really crumbles under pressure and he always has, and that was a big hit knock on him when he came out of college. So I think if Denver keeps him under good pressure, we'll just see him crumble and he'll start making mistakes. You mentioned Chad Williams. I was a huge fan of Chad Williams. I had a scout who was at the uh, Senior Bowl message me, and he just talked this kid up nonstop. He was talking him up. He was talking about how he was the best receiver there. Um, uh, some stuff I can't really repeat, uh, but he, he was just all over all over Chad Williams. So I went and put on some film, and I was impressed with what I saw. I think for me in this game with the, the pass – you know me and, and and Nick, you're kind of the same way. We're we're kind of trench guys, and uh, so there, there's a couple of names like Will Holden. I remember him in Ooh. the draft, and Dorian Johnson. Was that I was you big, rubbing your hands. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I was a big Dorian Johnson fan. You know, I I I just I don't know. There was something about his game that just he was always knocking people down, and I just loved his physicality and just wanted that on our team. And 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 Will Holden. He, he was another one that I was kind of surprised that he wasn't getting talked up a little bit more. And uh, so, yeah, I'm kind of interested to see how their offensive line does, especially, you know, I think one of the the interesting battles, and, and we're going to talk about this a little bit more as we go through, but is our, our defensive line against their their offensive line, you know, because I, I think there's some, some names that are surprising some people for the Broncos this year. And if they can kind of whoop up once again, it's going to make some tough choices, but, yeah, just watching those guys against their, um, yeah, against our pass rush and you know their their pass protection, their run blocking, all of that. I they were guys that I wanted for the Broncos, so just to see how they did will be good for me. Right, I got really excited when you mentioned Will Holden. I was a huge Will Holden fan. Um, I think on multiple times I posted most of our articles, uh, multiple articles on MileHuddle.com talking up Will Holden, not just the scouting report, but I think I had him in a um, under-the-radar piece. Uh, I know I had him a, a couple times in my mock drafts that I posted up. Huge Will Holden fan. Big Dorian Johnson fan. I think people um, uh, took his mistakes, what he needed on, a little bit harder than they should have and just overlooked some of the stuff that he did really, really well. Um, you have Evan Boehm. He's just their starting right guard. I like uh, um, Cole Toner. I liked him a lot. John Wetzel. Uh, Will Holden, Dorian Johnson that I mentioned, and I also was a big fan of DJ Humphreys when he came out. Like I, I'm really – of everything that the Cardinals have, their offensive line has been not the best for years. So I'm really excited to watch their offensive line, especially these young guys that I liked and really want to see them take a step up. Yeah, I was a big fan of Dorian Johnson coming out, uh, especially when the Broncos potentially were going to keep – Okung at left tackle and maybe not have such a pressing need at the tackle position with that. And uh, 
potentially upgrade the left guard position, which as we see still is a concerning uh, part of the Broncos roster. He fell down in the draft to the, I believe it was the fourth round because it turned out he had a liver condition that was concerning teams, but his tape was very fun. He's a big, strong guy who moved very well. I believe he was a top four-star or five-star recruit to play tackle and they moved him to guard. So good player. And I wouldn't be surprised if he was pushing for a starting time by the end of the year, depending on that liver. I liked Holden as well, but he was not as he was very technical and smart, but he, I think he lacked the athleticism and strength that I wanted for an upside guy. That said, I think he has starting potential. Like he, I don't, you're not, you don't want him at left tackle. And I remember um, talking with somebody and they compared him to uh, former Bronco T- Tyler Palumbos. So, I mean, that's a solid player, especially if you're getting that in the fifth round with how tackle starved this league is. Uh, he was definitely probably the sleeper tackle in this last class. Yeah, I definitely had him as a sleeper. I do disagree some about his strength. I think he's a lot stronger than he looks and a lot stronger than he sometimes plays. But what I loved was that, and I really wanted Denver to draft him. This was They sent this clear message that with their first pick that they want to get mean and nasty. They sent that message when they got with, uh, when they signed uh, Leary. Will Holden is was mean and nasty and it stood out on tape. And I just want... I, they wanted to continue that trend. I wanted them to sign it and provide a value at backup right tackle, which is where I think he's going to be best at. Yeah, for sure. Their offensive line is going to be, I mean, they're not going to have Mikey Potty in or a lot of their starters, but overall it's going to be a good technique to check the interior uh, defensive line for the Broncos and the edge rushers. I mean, you have uh, Tyreek Jarrett, who's been playing pretty well so far. He had that athletic play where he destroyed the center and then jumped him last week. Excited to see more uh, Nelson Adams and Shakir Soto. No mention of Shelby Harris. And I was getting there. I was getting there. And potential and potential starting defensive lineman Shelby Harris if he keeps that. I mean, I'm, he's going to have to get past Crick and Gotsis, but the way he's playing, I think that op, that spot opposite Derek Wolf is up for grabs. And if he, you know, he's got to show it against better competition, but I'm not ruling him out because if you're supposed to go out and dominate like that, if you're going to be a starter going against second and third team, and he did that. Yeah. So I'm, I, yeah. I'm excited his, to see what he can do. His fourth down play on fourth and one where he just, I mean, he just went right by the guard. Oh my goodness. I, I had to rewind that one a few times. Cause it's like, who was that? And, uh, Oh gosh. Yeah. That'd be great to see because we missed that a lot last year those negative plays on on big downs like that. This defensive line looks 100 times better than last year. Adam Gotz's looks really improved. There was one play where he didn't make the play, but it was a fourth down stop, I think it was. But he forced the stop. He went really, really low, got into the backfield, forced the quarter forced the quarterback to change direction, and then he was taken down by, I think, a combination of Harris and a linebacker. Um, Shelby Harris has been fantastic in camp and in games. Dude has played himself onto the roster. Jarrett, even if he's not making the big plays, he's doing a lot of the right things for the little stuff. I mean, so is Harris. Godsis, they all are. Not saying they're not, they're not, they're not perfect. They're all young. They're all growing. They're, they're taking steps. But the growth that they've shown, I mean, you can even throw on their first game and go game by game by game and see the progression they made week to week to week. And that is, that's just such a great thing to see. I I am so stoked for this defensive line of the Broncos. Especially, I mean, we have Crick and Wolf are supposed to be back week one, I believe. And unfortunately you had Kerr who went down with an injury. He's going to be out for a couple of weeks, but I'm pretty excited with our 
defensive line depth. I was discussing with somebody on Twitter the other day saying our defensive line was struggling, um, yada, yada. And I was like, I mean, we look improved last year. We're winning matchups one-on-one way more often. We're way more stout at the point of attack. You see growth from the guys like Gatsis, who, I mean, he still has a ways to go, in my opinion, especially anchoring in the one-on-one. But that athleticism and that size to have that burst, uh, his get-off is incredible for what size he is. Um, so I'm I'm excited about the depth. And you got true guys who, you know, they're plugs and they're uh, destroyers. You know, they eat two guys and they don't get pushed back and they can even get pushed in the pocket. So Pecco's been solid. Uh, Jarrett's been solid there. Kerr's been solid there. So I'm excited about the defensive line depth and hopefully we have no more injuries so we can keep that depth going because we haven't even seen the very much of the starting two, quote unquote, starting two five techs and the defensive line still looks much better than it did last year. Pecco has looked really good too. And uh, yeah, you mentioned the Twitter conversation. I was part of it too. I just didn't um, say anything or I was tagged in it. I just didn't say anything, but like, yeah, there's been mistakes by this defensive line where they've allowed big gains, but it also falls onto the linebackers too. It's a, really is a group thing. When the uh, defensive line did the right thing, the linebackers wouldn't. And when the um, linebackers did the right thing, the defensive line didn't. Um, there was a couple big runs, and the best run defense allows a good size run every now and then. Like, it happened a couple years ago when we uh, boasted that Super Bowl defense. It, it, it just happens. Sometimes you just get washed up by an offensive lineman. A surprise, a surprise blocker comes out of nowhere and takes the linebacker out of the play. Um, you miss the you miss seeing the blocker coming, and you just get taken out of the play. All all these different things, but they, they really do look so much improved. I'm excited. I I, I really want to see this starting three. Um, right now as Wolf, Pecco, and Crick. I really want to see those three because all three of them, when they have played, looked outstanding as a unit. Yeah, I'm excited about that. And we got we probably should push on to the most important thing, the future Bronco quarterback one, Kyle Sloter, the GOAT. <laughs> Supposedly going to get the uh, entire game to uh, show off what he has. Former Northern Colorado product has played pretty solidly. I'm definitely exceeded expectations for an undrafted free agent, the quarterback position. I've seen some pretty outlandish claims uh, saying that he should be maybe quarterback too, or, you know, it's crazy to put him through the waiver wire. Man, I mean, I guess we'll hear what your guys' opinion is on that, but I think he's shown some stuff. I mean, he's definitely a decent athlete and he's got a more than adequate arm in terms of arm strength, but his motion's not the best. His He wasn't supposed to play at all through the Packers. Paxton Lynch's injury changed that. He stepped in and he made some really good throws. I counted three or four of them that were really, really good. Um, a couple of them to Sharp, or yeah, to Hunter Sharp, um, one of them for a touchdown. But on the flip side is there was two or three passes that should have been interceptions. There were multiple other bad reads. Like, his game as a whole wasn't that good, and he's still getting all this hype. And yeah, he played well against the Bears. He had that one touchdown pass, which any quarterback should make. Um, he played well against the 49ers, and he, he was that was probably his best set of uh, throws that we saw was against the 49ers. But it's it, it's a little crazy to me to sit there and automatically jump him from a third stringer who has struggled all offseason in practice and everything, but has done well in games automatically to the second stringer um, over a guy who has the tools that Lynch does. He There have been times where he has looked better than Lynch, but Lynch is also getting a lot of unnecessary hate for things that he has done well that people are just wanting to nitpick. But 
I'm excited for him. I I I do like Slaughter. I do hope he puts together a good game. Um, we'll talk more about this later, but I see him making the roster currently due to Lynch's injury. And after that, I think he sticks around um, on the practice squad, or at least I hope he does. Beforehand, I had him clearing waivers to come back on the practice squad um, before Lynch's injury. After Lynch's injury and Lynch comes back, who knows? Yeah, I, watching his game, it's you definitely see some good. You see some upside with the guy, and I'm not trying to take that away from him or anything like that. And 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 you have to always keep in mind it is against the threes. You know, there are times where his guys are running wide open. You know, his, his touchdown to McKenzie in that first game. That's a throw you would expect an NFL quarterback to make. You know, nobody within 15 yards. You hope that they can hit that player. So you know, if they can't, you cut them. Right, exactly. <laughs> you know, so I, I think people kind of get wrapped up in the stats because I think before this last game or even after this last game, his quarterback rating for this preseason is like 140. And you kind of look at that and you go, man, this guy's played really well. But like you said, there, there's been there's been some good, but there's been some really bad too. And he's gotten some lucky breaks with some guys dropping some interceptions. And, and you know, that, that one in, against Green Bay, I mean, he had his hands against his head just going, oh my gosh, I just made this terrible mistake. And then they dropped it. And it's just like, okay. You know? <laughs> and, and every quarterback has that, but, you know, the, the, you're, you're seeing that with him. And uh, so he, he's definitely a guy worth keeping around. You know, maybe he can become a depth guy down the road. And, and hey, you never know. I mean, there, there's been some undrafted guys that have come and, and been something. But it's it, it's the exception, not the rule, you know. Kind maybe of, he'll be the next Tony Romo. Yeah, yeah. So he's I, – I think he does have a gamer attitude, uh, you know. Like he's shown up in these games pretty well or better than I think a lot of people expected. So, you know, there, there's something there. But – yeah, I, if he gets into a game, it's not usually going to be a good thing at this point. So if they have to keep around for a couple of weeks as Paxton Lynch heals up, you know, so be it. And then you're just going to have to hope that Trevor Simeon doesn't get hurt. But, uh, yeah, he he might got a little bit lucky here with Paxton Lynch's injury. And we'll see. Maybe maybe Slaughter actually becomes a starter for the Broncos at one point this year. Yeah, the key with Slaughter is that um... – you, you got you got to take the whole game. You can't just take the good throws and ignore the bad. You got to take the whole game. And the thing is, is he showed why he shouldn't be on a roster, but he has also shown why he should be. And you just got to figure out where do you place him. When you're building a roster, you have 53 spots, and sometimes you can't fit that third quarterback on there. And then you got to weigh the risk of cutting him and all this stuff like that. But he's shown enough to stick around. And that's really the thing is even though he has made those mistakes is he, he deserves to stick around in some form or another yeah. with this Broncos team. Definitely. Well, let's All just right. be real. He's holding the place until swag Kelly comes back. Stop. <laughs> oh boy. Oh boy. All right. we'll, 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 we'll move on because that could get rough if we go on that conversation. <laughs> but anyway, a couple, a uh, couple of rookies here that, you kind of wanted to hit on here um, that the, the Cardinals have that I think both, I think we all liked them and Hassan Reddick and Buda Baker. And uh, yeah, Hassan Reddick, he was one of those guys who kind of came on late to the picture. You know, he, he was one of those, uh, I guess I should say the media, he came on late, you know, where he was kind of 
late round, early, late first round. Or Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Some people were made to follow the instructions. We were made to make our own. To always measure twice and never cut corners. Unless, of course, we've got a compound miter saw. Northern Tool and Equipment is a problem solver's paradise. There's nothing we can't find, fix, or figure out together. We're made for this. Start solving your projects today at northerntool.com. Early second round, and all of a sudden he's dropping or coming into like top 10 conversation. And, you know, I, I always hear people kind of go, why didn't teams know about this guy? And I'm going, they did. It's just everybody else didn't. <laughs> actually, you said something. You, what you just said is actually really spot on. Anytime you see a media riser, it's it's just the media catching up to NFL circles. A guy who has a first-round grade in the media who rises up to a top-ten-round pick like Reddick, he was already there with NFL teams. He he's he was there since like midpoint last season as a top-ten pick this year. Media just was so far behind. Yeah, that, that happens every year. And and we've done it on on this podcast. I mean, we've had times where we're talking about guys such as Garrett Bowles. You know, he was one that we were talking about back in November. And everybody's kind of going, who? And all of a sudden, here he is, you know, top 20 pick. And, and so, yeah, and, and Buda Baker, he was he was one of my favorites. I love those, those safeties that have that kind of roaming skill. Uh, you know, it's I don't know. I, I was a big fan of his. I love his speed. I love his ability to cover, you know, sideline to sideline to have that kind of athleticism at that free safety position. And and also a guy that can can cover the slot. You know, that kind of helps to, you know, he pretty much takes up two positions on the team. And so I, I wasn't shocked that the Cardinals, of course, of all teams, because they love those versatile secondary guys. I, I don't know. It's like they it's kind of like small white receivers for the Patriots. They like these versatile safety guys or corners, whatever you want to call them. <laughs> they just like versatile defenders. Like their whole defense is filled up with guys who are versatile. Chandler Jones, Buchanan, Golden, Peterson, though not so much on defense, but he also provides that return um, aspect. Um, the Honey Badger. Honey Badger. Um, you have Reddick now who you can throw him wherever you want on the field, basically Buddha Baker. Again, you can throw them up wherever you want on the field, uh, wherever you want on the field. Like there's just so much versatility around on that defense. And that's just what they love. It's not, they don't have, it's not like they have set positions, so to speak. It's not a set chessboard for that defense. It's okay. Let's throw this guy over here and this guy over here and this guy over here. And let's have them do this, 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 and this. They just, piece it together it's like a ever-changing puzzle for that defense which is why i enjoy watching the cardinals defense yeah absolutely now we still have a lot to get to but first we want to once again say thank you to our sponsor mybookie.net mybookie is all about the fun and excitement of making accurate predictions on your favorite teams without having to risk any of your hard-earned money any of your funds 
Slight members can make picks against the real spreads, lines, and totals for major sports leagues and associations, as well as college sports, and compete for great prizes courtesy of MyBookie. MyBookie.net is the greatest, most professional, totally free, and most importantly, 100% recreational sports prediction service you can find on the web. Instead of the typical head-to-head challenges and handicapping contests, MyBookie.net goes beyond the basics and offers members a true betting platform that will make users feel like they were in a real betting site. Unlike most betting services, MyBookie.net is a completely free site that allows you to make daily predictions and bets and win real prizes at no cost. MyBookie is not a gambling or a play-for-money site. It's a free sports wagering website built for millions of sports fans to provide them with a platform to participate in picking games, predicting scores, and compete for free prizes without risking any money. Just like the Office Pick'em Contest and Fantasy Football, MyBookie brings a deeper enjoyment and excitement to watching our favorite teams by increasing the stakes. It is fun, and for no cost, you get to make predictions and win quality prizes. Again, the service is absolutely free for all users. We say thank you to MyBookie for sponsoring the Huddle Up podcast. All right, well, moving along, we got some uh, Broncos to talk about here instead of just breaking down the Cardinals the entire time. There are still some very important uh, positional battles that we have going on, and you know, there's about 10 roster spots that are up for grabs that could be decided in this game. So first, I want to start with talking running backs. Eric, what running backs are you expecting to see action this week? Um, everyone but Anderson. Even Charles? And Charles, sorry. And Charles. Oh. I forgot he was on the roster for a second. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully you didn't forget for your depth chart. <laughs> no. Yeah, I expect to see Henderson, Ridley, uh, Thompson, and the new guy, Stanley Williams. Um, I also wouldn't be surprised if they give Stanley Williams a shot at kick returner. When they signed him, I was um, told that that was in that they were looking for someone of value to add for a kick returner because they weren't happy with what was going on there, and that he was an option. Henderson's not fighting for a roster spot. He's still going to play. It's just rookie he fumbled twice they just want to check and check out those hands and stuff like that ridley he's fighting for a roster spot elsewhere um joan thompson again fighting for a roster spot elsewhere those last two guys are not going to make it here in denver um i won't be surprised if denver at least tries to trade them before cutting them um both players have shown that they do deserve to be on a roster and do deserve a few carries every week unfortunately neither one of them is practice squad eligible otherwise i would really be on a board getting Thompson back on the practice squad. Can I just say yeah. that I am excited about Henderson fumbling the last game? Really? It's mostly because at least it's in the preseason. And that's going to be one of the best learning tools for him is is to have that where they're going to yell at him for those two fumbles and get him thinking about that. And so then, you know, I, I don't know. It, I was really nervous that he was doing so well in the preseason that he was going to maybe start getting a little bit more sloppy in how he was carrying the ball. And so, like I said, I I just would rather have seen that in game three of the preseason than game one of the season. I agree 100% there. Great learning tool. Um, Something to go back on, go over the film with, say, hey, you're carrying the ball a little bit too loosely here. Tuck it a little tighter. Um, When you're you're, you're getting tackled, throw your second hand on there, things like that. Definitely a great learning tool. Yeah, absolutely. And if you've been listening to the Huddle Up podcast – we have been harping that we love Henderson's skill set, but he fumbled the ball so much in college and it hadn't reared its head yet in the preseason games. Everyone was piping him up. Now Henderson running back one, potentially. I mean, he looked that good in open, open space, great vision, uh, great burst, great long speed. Even, I mean, everything you want, 
but I still had a feeling that turnover issue, the fumbling issue was going to rear its head and it did this week. So I'm like you guys said, it's an, it's an important learning tool and now it's in everybody's head, including his, and he's going to have to improve on it because I mean, obviously you want your running back to be explosive and create plays in the passing game, the run game and everything. But if you're not holding on to the ball, I don't care if you run like Adrian Peterson, you're probably not going to see the field because turnovers kill you. Um, there's been a lot of starting running backs who have a high turnover ratio that they're just so um, boom or bust, really. And that's kind of how I see um, Henderson. I hope he cleans up the fumbles, but I still think he'll see the field even if he continues, as long as he continues to have a high production. I feel you there. And then I, I do feel a little bit bad for Steven Ridley because all reports are he's had a solid camp since he's come in for Booker. Uh, he's been stuck running behind the slop third and fourth string offensive linemen that have gotten like no push. I feel like every time they run one up the gut, he the offensive line is getting pushed back and he tries to kick it outside and they get corralled around him. So he doesn't really have much of a chance. Uh, runs very hard, looked pretty solid, but with how Charles looked this week and how Henderson's played and Booker going to be back in Anderson, he's he'll play well this week. And I'm, I mean, hell, if we can get like a conditional seventh for him, you know, we display him like, oh look, this guy can still play. That would be incredible. But my guess is we will be forced to uh, let him go, and he'll probably go join another team after all the potential buzz of a solid camp and other teams having injuries at running back. See, this is what's so hard about this time of year is. These guys show off in camp, but everybody knows that they're not making the roster. So it's hard for the team who's trying to get rid of them to trade them because they have to convince them that, hey, yeah, we'll keep this guy if you don't trade for him. Or, hey, this team may take him. If you want him, you need to trade for him. That's a lot of work that you have to do at this time of year. It may not seem like it, but it is. And that's there's multiple players on the Broncos roster that they're trying to do that with. It's just hard, and in, in, in the fact of – Every team's getting ready to cut about 40 players. So 40 times 32, I can't do math quite that fast in my head. But, you know, it's a lot of players hitting the market all at once. And and you can sit here and say, do we want to trade a, a seventh-round pick for Steven Ridley? Or, you know, there's probably a guy that's comparable that's getting released. You know, yeah, or, kind of weigh that or, or the, I mean, it's a game of chicken, you know, in the NFL. Who's going to blink first? And is a team going to panic and say, man, we really want this guy. We really like how how, you, how he runs. And we just don't want anybody else to have a chance at him. You know, that's what you have to have. And it just, with that many players becoming available, most teams can kind of talk them into another guy that they don't have to trade for. Yeah, it's definitely just a thing of, hey, is there somebody else? Are they going to cut him? Or they're just going to cut this guy. 1,300 players are about to hit the open market. 1300 and you got to sit there and try to convince a team that, hey, give up a seventh for this guy. What makes that guy special from all these other running backs who are going to be made? This Stephen Ridley, who has injury issues in the past, fumbling issues in the past, wasn't on a roster for a while, um, older, up there in years. Denver has a uphill battle to even try to get a conditional seventh for him at this point. How about this for a wrench in there? What if they shop C.J. Anderson? He has value, and the team likes Booker. They like Charles. They like Henderson, and Anderson they, they is like, somebody. They who, like Ridley too. They like what they, and they really like Ridley. Ridley shown. It was yeah. to a point where they almost weren't going to keep. If Charles didn't play the game that he did against the Packers, Charles wouldn't have made this roster. Ridley yeah. would have. As far as value goes, I mean, you have two and, between the tackle runners and Booker. 
and Ridley, and you probably get the most value for a CJ. I mean, it's a hard sell, but it's something that I would imagine it has been discussed. I mean, they talk about everything, so. Yeah, I, I'm sure somebody comes in with the right price. Um, I know that Denver did call about moving Anderson a while back. Um, I won't be surprised if they try again. There, There's some behind-the-scenes issues there that I'm not going to discuss right now because it's still a little iffy on some of it. There's obviously a serious injury concern with him. Hasn't played a full season. Um, when he first started, he was only playing a little bit little bit at a time and he suffered a couple not bad injuries but a couple bang ups which is expected um then there's that contract they could save a lot of money by getting rid of him but they have to convince somebody else to take him um if they can move him great i think they'll i can see them trying i just don't think they'll be successful yeah absolutely and uh I'm going to give my own tip of the cap to Juwan Thompson. Thank you for being a good Bronco, but I do not see a spot for him on this roster. So, like you mentioned, he's good enough to play elsewhere, and as long as he, he's not going for a rival, I'll be hard cheering for him for sure. He he deserves to be on a roster. Yes, he has he has done what he's been a great teammate. He's been a great player. He's been co- taking to coaches really well. Like he's what you want. He's that type of player that you want, and maybe not. Denver had some issues with him of fullback, running back, fullback, running back, blah, 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 blah. Like, let him go somewhere. Um, I had one team that came to mind for that would be a great fit for him, but they just flew right out my head. But he he definitely – he's better than some a lot of backup running backs for some teams. Like, he, he deserves to be on a roster. It's definitely crazy that the Broncos have, have reached a point at the running back position of going from pretty much – I would say one quality starter last year in Anderson to and a bunch of not great backups <laughs> and to this year where they they have an abundance and are trying to figure out, you know, how they can try to keep as many as possible and and trying to trade the others. And, you know, good chance that Ridley and Thompson possibly make that other roster on another team. So just kind of crazy to see how much that position has changed. Okay just mentioned that uh, looking over this running back position what is it with the broncos and bringing players in running backs who have some fumbling issues ridley charles henderson booker ronnie hillman like like seriously it's putting a lot of faith in um the running back coach studsville yeah definitely putting a lot of faith on him to fix it Uh, like i like showing seeing that sign of faith hopefully it pans out we saw some fumbles of Booker last year. Hopefully Henderson can clean it up. Hopefully when Booker comes back, it's cleaned up. Hopefully Charles doesn't fumble in his reps. Like, hopefully no turnovers. Yeah, fingers crossed there. Uh, moving along, though, we should probably, because we still got to get to the depth chart predictions, but uh, left guard, I mean, still as up in the air as it gets for me. Watching them both, Max Garcia is sometimes great in the run game, especially the power game, uh, the power scheme where he can push guys, but he gets blown up sometimes he's slow to react and just not been impressive. And then equally unimpressive has been the trade for uh, Alan Barber uh, gets less push in the run game, but just more consistent, uh, not as strong, but a better pass blocker, but still not, not inspiring in any way. So left guard looking like it'll probably be the struggle position on the offensive line this year, which, you know, looking back from last year where right tackle and both guard spots were, a struggle spot and Okung struggled with penalties, which we may see that from Bulls as well, but for a fraction of the price, uh, younger with less injuries. So we'll take that. But left guard, 
still very much up in the air. And we didn't see McGovern playing there with the ones, which was unfortunate in my opinion. But what do you guys think about the uh, left guard position and what can we find out this week? Are we going to see the ones play or is it just going to be backups? Because we still don't have that figured out. I think it will mostly be backups. Um, I don't see Paradis playing. Leary won't play. So you're going to see um, McGovern at center. You'll probably see Watson play a series or two and then be pulled out. Bowles will probably play longer. And then Garcia and uh, Barber, they'll both play. And I won't be surprised if you see them at left guard and right guard. I won't be surprised if you see a lot of Michael Schofield either because the sense I'm getting from people I've talked to is that either Garcia or Barber make the team, not both. If Garcia wins the job, they're going to cut Barber, save the pick, save the money. If Barber wins the job, they're either going to try to trade Garcia, which they already are trying to do, or just let him go. Yeah, I, I think both need to play because both have a lot to still prove and, and both need the snaps to get ready for the season. So whoever is going to end up as the starter, uh, we need to, to see better than what we've seen because uh, Garcia especially, it is such high reward or complete destruction. You know, I've seen him in the run game pushing a guy five yards down the field. Other times I've seen him pretty much like grabbed, lifted, and thrown at the quarterback. You know, there, there's, I think it was uh, Jamal Charles tried to save the block <laughs> where a guy just blew over Garcia. Was and that the play he also tripped over um, Paradis's legs too, though? Was that what happened? Okay. I, yeah, I, didn't, it, I didn't, didn't examine it too hard, but just it, it, was, it was not pretty. That's for sure. And he's had other plays where he didn't trip over somebody's foot and he still got blown up like that. So he he just, I I don't know. He's been a huge disappointment because his rookie year, he showed such promise. You know, I I was so amazed at his ability to come in for both left guard and right guard and perform like he did. So I thought, man, this guy's going to be that stalwart that we we finally found, you know, a guy that's going to start for the next five, 10 years for us at the guard position. And last year and, and now to look, Looking at this year, it just doesn't look like he's that guy. Yeah, it's he's definitely regressed year from year or year to year. Um, but yeah, on that play, he he was definitely Garcia was definitely beaten. Um, he was trying to recover when um, Paradis was getting pushed to the side as well. And uh, as Garcia was trying to recover, he just got his legs caught up with Paradis's, and he ended up on the ground. Gotcha. Okay. Well, yeah. I honestly, if it if it was me, this is what I would hope. I'm I'm hoping that they can get Garcia traded, and then Barber take the job, just because Barber's the better pass protector. You know, we already have some pretty iffy quarterback play going on, and I'd rather have at least a little bit of a pocket for the quarterback to step into. That, that's just my what I hope for. I mean, you hope for that trade where you can maybe get a pick or a player or whatever in return. But I don't know. It, it'll be interesting to see how that all pans out over the next week. See, Carl, that's interesting because I feel the other way. I would rather have Garcia take the spot because you can let Barbara go, save more money. And also, I'm thinking that this year, based on the running back depth, uh, the defense, and still the questions at quarterback, that the best chance for this team to win games on a week-to-week basis would be to be a better running team as the better uh, blocker in the run game, uh, especially in the power blocking. Granted, it's still very inconsistent, but more of that power blocking guy. Um, and just embrace that this team's going to win win and die mostly on the ground. So that's just my thought. Maybe yeah. that's me going back to my college football roots with that. <laughs> but, I mean, that makes sense. Being that. But it's I guess it's still hard for me because even in, in the run game, I see Garcia kind of being that big-time hit or big-time blow. 
Yeah. You know, I, I see him whiff on, on a few where he has his head down trying to go make a big hit and the guy just kind of shoves him to the ground. And, and it's just frustrating to watch that because I just, like I said, I felt like he showed such promise and it just feels like he's lost all technique since then. I, I don't know if guys just figured out ba- ways that were better to beat him, you know, the, his weaknesses or teams knew how to attack him, you know, with the, the stunts and, and things like that. But yeah, even in the run game, I've been a little bit disappointed in, in how he's blocked. But I, I mean, same with Barber. Okay. So. You both are right and you're both are wrong. <laughs> No, um, how I see it is um, Garcia has, um, when he does a great block, it is definitely on another level than Barber is. Um, it, it is. It can be really, really, really good for for Garcia. Barber, it's just like when he does a good block, it's just like, okay, yeah, he did what he was supposed to do. It's um, how I view it is, is Garcia has the higher floor, lower ceiling. Barber's more, um, not as high, not as low and more centered, more um, more stable, not as up and down. Um, I see that in both the run game and pass protection. So same position, three different thoughts. Yeah. yeah. All right, well, moving on, we got the, the tight end position. I don't know, it's, <laughs> this is one of those that's probably been one of the biggest disappointments on the team, at least for me. And, you know, where have they even been? I, I don't. We saw a catch by Green that was really nice for a nice pickup this last game. Derby made a decent catch coming across the field. And Hireman had a couple plays where he just, I don't know, didn't, didn't make the play. you know. And, and it wasn't the perfect throw by any means, but you kind of hope that your tight end can go make an adjustment on the ball in the air, and, and it just never happened. So tight end position. Uh, I, I think we're all in agreement that maybe if the Broncos made a trade, like actually we're looking for a player to trade for tight end would be maybe be the position or, you know, look at the free agents agency market. There's a pretty good tight end out there who can come in and help. Um, you hit the nail on the head with, um, Hireman, Hureman. I, I don't know. Hireman. Yeah. Um, you mentioned adjustments. He does not adjust to the ball whatsoever. And it is infuriating. So many times I've seen the ball thrown his way over the course of his career, even going back to college, the ball thrown his way and he can make the catch. He just doesn't adjust for the stinking ball. And it's just so frustrating. Yeah, I saw that in the game as well. There was that pass that it was a little behind him. Yes. But if you're playing the tight end position where you're going over the middle of the field and you're using your size to play above the rim, so to speak, you're going to have to adjust to make catches. I mean, that's that's half the game for the tight end, I feel like, in the receiving game. Uh, being a decent route runner, using that size, and then adjusting to the ball, you know, going up and get it. And he just he just doesn't do it. So I I don't know. He has all the I think he has all the skills, but it's just it's like you said, pulling my hair out watching him because it's frustrating. Because just just go for the ball, man. It don't be a board. Makes me question his toughness and his desire to actually play sometimes, because some of them it's like it's not a bad adjustment to make. It's just a oh, okay, reach behind you a little bit, but he doesn't do it. Makes it seem like to me that he just doesn't care. And um, with some of the other adjustments, it makes it seem like that he just doesn't want to risk getting an injury. It's it's frustrating. So I guess do you, do you guys? And I think we all know this that the Virgil Green is on the trade block. Broncos have been trying to, yeah, they've been trying to trade him for a long time. Yeah. And 
do you think the Broncos make a trade here, either green gone or try to trade for somebody? Or like you said, there is a guy on the market that has. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. With the new Chevy Silverado, you might be driving in this. But with the Silverado's redesigned interior and large infotainment screens, it'll feel more like this. Introducing the new 2022 Chevy Silverado. Find new upgrades. Find new roads. Chevrolet. Had, you know, what was it, 1,000 yards just two seasons ago? And about 600 this past season, if I remember right. I don't have the stats right in front of me right now. But, and, you know, did they go get a guy like that? Uh, I would be who it is. Just because somebody might be confused. Not me. I'm not confused about who you're talking. No, I know who you're talking about. But you're obviously talking about Gary the, Barnage. The Carnage. Carnage the Barnage. Or Barnage the Carnage. Yeah. 1,600 yards the last between the last two seasons. Um, 1,043 in 2015, 16, or 612 this last season. Um, 11 touchdowns between those two years. He definitely comes in and improves at the tight end position by a lot. AJ Derby's been a huge disappointment. Virgil Green, they're trying to trade him. They've had some nibbles, but no one bite. Um, they they got to do something. Tight end is actually really, really important to Mike McCoy's offense. You can't run it to its full capabilities without a reliable tight end. And if they don't get that reliable tight end, then the offense is going to suffer. Last year, part of the reason the issue with the um, offense was the lack of threat at tight end. They went out and got A.J. Derby, hoping he would become something. Um, he got a lot of hype this offseason for his play last year. I don't know why. I was disappointed with his play last year a lot of the time. not saying, He had some nice catches. But um, if they do explore the trade market, too, there's also a guy on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers mm. whose name can – O.J. Howard. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Brait. It's Cameron Brait. Yes, Cameron Brait. Yeah, I wouldn't mind them looking his way if they're going to explore the trade market. Um, he's put up some pretty decent numbers. 600 yards this last season. 660 to be exact. Eight touchdowns. Like He definitely can be that threat. And if I remember right, he's actually a pretty decent blocker too, which is something that Denver's lacking. Hewerman has been up and down. Derby can't block whatsoever. Green is still a really good blocker, and that's where his best value lies at, is as a blocker. So hopefully a team that needs a blocking tight end finally bites, but I wouldn't mind Bray at all. Yeah, there's a couple names. I was looking at rosters earlier today, getting ready for this podcast, and a couple names that kind of stuck out that maybe. um, Tyler Higby for the Rams. You know, they Um, went and got – they they used a pretty high draft pick on a tight end that's played a lot better this – preseason so far don't remind eric he's gonna cry Uh oh he loved gerald everett (laughs) but you know i I just thought maybe that's a guy that if they had a little bit of promise that that maybe they'd want to bring in and then uh an older vet that i thought of was jermaine grisham for the cardinals actually isn't that right yes i I like him as well i wanted denver to sign him a few years back yeah you know he's a little bit older thought maybe they'd be be looking at the possibility of, of wanting their younger guys to step in. But, you know, they have Troy Nicholas 
I, I don't know. I can't remember if they have him as tight end one or if, if it's actually Jermaine Gresham. But I don't know. That, that was one that I kind of thought of, especially since we're going to play him this week and and see what we got as, as a veteran and wait until Jake Butt can finally get on the field for us. Um, Gresham is tight end two with Nicholas as tight end one. Okay, yeah, that's what I thought. And so, you know, I just a couple names there that I was thinking about for the Broncos. The issue with Tyler Higby is there is a – bunch of off-field stuff that they have to worry about yeah he's been a moron off the field i liked him until he he had an issue right before the draft where he got yep. arrested it was, and was yeah just a it was a really bad incident really um plagued his draft status yeah because he was one of the better athlete size guys but just sounds like a dumbass pardon yeah. my french but yeah I mean, if we're going to trade for a tight end from the Rams, let it be drill different. No, I know there's no chance of that happening, unfortunately. You guys hadn't mentioned them yet, but you got to talk about the team that's been a fire sale as well, the Bills. I mean, Charles Clay, I'm not sure how it works contractually, but he's always been an underrated tight end. And with that offense, with you know Tyrod being somewhat an inconsistent passer, and let's be honest, the Bills are trying to outjet the Jets. They're tanking for that first pick. And with the new management there and everything, that makes sense. So Charles Clay is also another one that I wouldn't be upset with, depending on how the contract works out. Maybe even you can send him back a tight end with a pick just to kind of get that upgrade there. We'll send them Virgil Green. Rick Dennison liked Virgil Green. There you go. Perfect fit. Virgil Green. We'll send Virgil and a fifth for Clay. Sign so, me up. I'll take yeah. Clay. LA, just if you ever need anything, you can just tweet us. Yep. <laughs> well, moving right along, we should probably – move on to wide receiver probably the other position that's the most intriguing will the broncos keep five guys will the broncos keep six not sure uh we won't see dt or sanders this week dt didn't practice today he's still you know the groin injury happened but it's not supposedly severe fingers crossed it won't linger i very little worry about that but you never know uh, but the rest of the guys i mean it's still a big muddy mess to me you got uh fowler who has been hyped up in training camp but then i haven't seen much of him Cody Latimer played great in that game against the Bears, and he got injured. Haven't heard much of him from them. Jordan Taylor, I mean, doing everything he can to stay on the roster. McKenzie staying on for punt returns for sure. Uh, Cleef Raymond played solid, and then you got Marlon Brown, Anthony Nash, and Hunter Sharp. So a lot of guys that are going to get some work there. Are there. Any of them you're specifically looking forward to this week or potentially ones that you know could be off the roster with a bad week? I think I really want to see Cody Latimer, Taylor, and um, Fowler to play. Fowler is – he hasn't shown up in the passing game, but he still has shown that value as a run blocker. Um, there was one play against the Packers where um, the running back was taking the edge and Fowler was there and just blocked the corner way out of the play, and it went for a really good gain. Um, I just want to see more from him as a passer. Um, Latimer, the issue I have with Latimer is he has always shown up in preseason every year and then fades away come regular season. Is he going to do that again? Like, I'd, I'd be more comfortable trading him. His special teams play can be filled by a certain cornerback um, in uh, Langley. So I, I'd be fine trying to trade him away. Taylor, uh, he, he's played himself onto his roster. Like He has such a connection with Trevor Simeon that it will be hard not to keep him. And he'll probably be the third receiver. And when he comes on the field, you'll probably see him and Sanders moved back um, in and out, back and forth. I really want to see more of Sharp. I think he's playing really well. Um, he's had a good off, uh, good camp, and he's fighting for a training camps or a practice squad spot. Marlon Brown, 
I want to see him do well simply so he can try and land on a roster somewhere else. He's had some health issues um, the last couple of years. He's back healthy. Um, he was playing really well before it. He's doing re- decently now. And then there's Khalif Raymond, who he's been a quiet gem so far this month. And uh, with Langley, he's doing returns now, and he looked really good as a returner. Um, McKenzie's on punt returns. Raymond doesn't provide that special team's value outside of a backup anymore. So um, I wouldn't mind seeing him try to do well and trying to land on somewhere else. I think for me, the the receiver I want to see is Benny Fowler. You know, I, I know, Eric, you talked about him in the run game, and, and that's that's always been something there for him. You know, he always does the extra stuff that a lot of, you know, other receivers won't do. So I always appreciate that about him. But at the same time, to keep him on this roster, uh, he's got to show something in the pass game too. And I've just been very disappointed because I had heard that he was having a decent camp and, you know, other wide receivers like uh, Damaris Thomas were hyping him up. And I just I haven't seen it. I haven't seen him getting open. I haven't seen him having that extra gear. Nothing. And so it's just been a little bit disappointing for me. And and then, yeah, Cody Latimer, because, you know, he had that great first game and he's just kind of disappeared a little bit since then. I know he had the injury, so he missed the one game, but just wanted to see him build on that, I guess I would say, you know, show that he he's earned a, a roster spot, not just because of his special teams ability, but because he also brings something to the field on on the offense. So th- those are two guys. And I do agree. Jordan Taylor's played himself onto this roster. You know, that's that's always the great thing about training camp preseason is you can have those guys. You just think, oh, there's no way they're making this roster. And all of a sudden they go out and make plays and you're like, there's no way we can't have them on this roster. So uh, I'm I'm excited to see Jordan Taylor and and see him continue to grow because he has he's really proven to to be a good receiver. And like you said, has that great connection with Simeon, you know, those those comeback routes or, you know, or under throws, whatever you want to call them, I guess is a better way of saying it. Um, they just have that connection of knowing, okay, underthrow it right here, right now. And he goes up and makes the tough catches. Yeah, absolutely. I can't disagree. Um, we definitely have some questions about our roster in that regard, but we should probably move along to our uh, depth chart guesses, guys. I mean, I know we still have a another game before we you know, we'll have to make that final decision, but the next time we're recording, we'll be breaking down the, the Chargers. Ugh. So... We better get our takes there now. I bet you Chad and Will will probably get theirs out in the next podcast. But with Eric on here and, you know, Carl and I, I think it's probably as good a time as ever because it's completely my idea. It wasn't Eric who thought of to do that this week. It was my idea um, to do the 53-man roster breakdown. So starting off for me, um, it's going to be dependent on Paxton Lynch's shoulders. But right now I only have Trevor Simeon and Paxton Lynch uh, making the roster at quarterback. I have Kyle Sloter just because it does sound like Paxton's going to have to miss probably two games. And you just can't, especially with Simeon being injury prone. And I, I think of like the Chargers where they actually have decent pass rushers, actually very good pass rushers. You know, I, I just can't think that you can just only carry the one and just hope that they make it through the game because, you know, Paxton Lynch has got that sore shoulder. You know, I, I don't know how, I don't know how much he can actually throw. You know, you, you pretty much have to stop doing everything with that shoulder, from what I understand, with those kind of injuries. And so, yeah, keep Kyle Sloter for those couple games and then cut him and hope you can get him onto the practice squad. That's what I have going on. 
Yeah, I'm the same. I have Trevor Simeon. Kyle Slaughter is number two with Paxton Lynchert. Chad Kelly's going to injured reserve. That is something that I said way back when Denver drafted him. Credit to me. <laughs> um, but once Lynch is back, Slaughter's gone. They're, they only want to. They're really bummed that Lynch got hurt, not just because obviously he got hurt, but because now they have to change their plan for the roster. So, yeah, it's definitely, definitely going to be the three. Uh, part of me just kind of wishes that they, you know, just, just throw Lynch on the pup list. Like, part of me kind of wishes that just so you don't have to have the three quarterbacks on the roster. But when he's only going to miss two games, you don't want to have him miss the all the extra ones. So I understand. But yeah, I have him taking the three right now because of the injury. And I don't think he actually qualifies for the pup. I think the, the, the way IR. the pup works is if you, yeah, it'd have to be short term IR, which would mean he'd miss eight games. Oh, yeah. Okay. I think that's how. I don't know. They're kind of confusing rules. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not 100 sure why that how the pup list works. Yeah, I think um, if you play any kind of snaps in training camp, if you even play just one snap, then you can't qualify for regular season pup list. But um, I could be wrong on that. But uh, running back, this is who I have. I have C.J. Anderson, Devontae Booker, Jamal Charles, D'Angelo Henderson, Andy Janovich. I, I don't know. It seems like it's the easiest position to pick. I have the exact same as you, except I have Charles listed at two and Booker as three. But Charles is going to be more of the change of pace. So Booker will sub Anderson if there's an injury, and Charles Henderson would sub Charles if there was an injury. So I've been saying that there's going to be five of them. Uh, Andy Janovich, they love him. McCoy loves him. He was making this roster. I have it as Anderson, Charles, Henderson, Booker. I only have Booker fourth due to the injury. Um, he's another guy that um, I wouldn't mind seeing – go away for a while on pupper IR, whichever one works and then being brought back when he's healthy, um, especially with him going to be missing a little bit more time. Not sure what the latest thing is. Last I remember hearing was that it's going to, he's going to miss like five or six weeks. So I'd be a little bit more okay with that. And that would give Ridley or Thompson a more of a chance to come regular season too. But uh, I don't think they're going that way. I think Joseph said that Booker's not going on it um, as well. So, I just have it. Once Booker's back, I can see it going Anderson, Booker, Charles, Henderson. Yeah, can't disagree there. Moving along, wide receiver, probably one of the more competitive spots for the roster. For me, I have Marius Thomas, Benny Fowler, Jordan Taylor, Emmanuel Sanders, Cody Latimer, and Isaiah McKenzie with Carlos Henderson going on the IR to return. I guess for me, I I only took five wide receivers. I just... Uh... I took Marius Thomas, Manuel Sanders, Isaiah McKenzie, Cody Latimer, Jordan Taylor. So Fowler doesn't make the team. I did not have Fowler making this team. I and some of this depends on, you know, now talking to you guys a little bit of, you know, it, it either being Max Garcia or Alan Barber. I was kind of swayed by Vance Joseph's talk earlier of saying that they were planning on keeping both, and you know, maybe that is just more of a, you know wanting some team to try to trade for Garcia kind of talk. So it's just hard for me to, to justify, I guess, another wide receiver. I just felt like you could do some other things that Benny Fowler can do with other people, you know, like Langley on, you know, playing special teams and stuff like that. So I don't know. That's, that's where I had it. But if, if Garcia is traded, then yeah, Benny Fowler's on my team. Um, I have six going on, but I, I definitely went back and forth between five or six. Um, I had Thomas Sanders, Taylor Fowler, Latimer, 
um, McKenzie with Latimer as that questionable guy. I only have McKenzie six because he's going to be more used as the punt returner than receiver. My issue with Latimer, I said it earlier in the show, um, shows up in practice or preseason every year, disappears in the regular season. His play on special teams can be um, replaced. Um, I think it's easier to replace that than to replace what Fowler brings as a run blocker, um, which is why I went the way I did. But I think both of them make it unless they can move one of them. Um, with Carlos Henderson going on injured reserve. And I think that they've seen enough from Khalif Raymond and um, Hunter Sharp that they both try to keep both of them on the practice squad. Makes a lot of sense. All right, well, tight end, I have A.J. Derby, Virgil Green, Jeff Hireman. And right now, you know, Green is just, they haven't traded him. And with his run blocking and, and like you said earlier, Nick, of them possibly being more of a run running team, you know, that that's going to be their way to, to win games. You know, Virgil Green has to be a guy that stays on the roster then. And uh, unless you get a trade for him. And Jeff Hireman, it's just, there, there's nobody else, I guess. You know, same with AJ Derby. There's just nobody else. And, uh, you know, Derby brings you a little bit of a receiving option. And Jeff Hireman, he does have some blocking skills. He is a decent blocker. So, I don't know. And, and, the Broncos have been notorious for not giving up on draft picks. You know, they, they like to hold on to them and see what they can do and try to build them up into something. And so the, the, I just kept three. They like to do that at least for three years. Um, I keep three as well. Um, Virgil Green, with all the nibbling they've had, no bites. I don't see that changing now. I have Hewerman number two. It's his blocking. Like he is a little bit better blocker than Derby. Um I think they're going to put more. They're definitely putting more emphasis on the run game, which is why I have them above Derby. Derby's been really disappointing as a receiver and as a blocker. Have him as three. Jake Butt to injured reserve. Um, Shoe to um, the practice squad with trailer cut. Wow, you have Shoe making it instead of trailer? To the practice squad, yeah. Man, I the, have. The last few weeks have definitely been a switcheroo between the two. Yeah, for sure. I remember him getting hyped, and I like his. Uh, when he's in there, he's one of the guys who I prefer as blocking. He hasn't done much as a receiver. But in terms of the tight end blocking and potentially with Green being moved, I had uh, I had the same three making the team, but I had Trailer making the practice squad. Again, more you know guys that you probably don't want to see much from. If the, you are seeing a lot from them, something went wrong. <laughs> but that's just what I had. All right, and then uh, offensive tackle, moving along. I have Garrett Bowles, Menelik Watson, Donald Stevenson, and I have guard slash tackle Michael Schofield making it there. We should just do all the offensive line. Uh, for a guard, I have Leary, Garcia, and Turner. And for center, I have Paradis and McGovern. I had Tyson Brelo not making it. And uh, I have them not keeping uh, Barber for reasons we discussed earlier, uh, saving the pick and going with the younger, potentially more higher upside guy in a more run-focused offense. I guess for me, I have Garrett Bowles, Matt Paradis, Ronald Leary, Mindelik Watson, Connor McGovern, Donald Stevenson's. I, I have all those guys as complete locks. And then my others to, to make it, I have Max Garcia, Michael Schofield, and Alan Barber. I have Bowles and Watson as your starting tackles. Leary and Garcia as your starting guards. Um, Stevenson as a swing tackle. And then I have Ty Sambrello not making it. And then I have um, Alan Barber not making it. I, again, it's just the getting the pick back, saving the money, and Michael Schofield as the backup guard tackle. 
And then center, you have Paradis and McGovern, who is the another backup guard, but also can play center. So the versatility there gives them some room to play with because you also have Stevenson, who you can throw in at guard too. So what do you think happens with uh, Sombrilo? I heard that he was getting some reps at center today. Is that true? They're trying to increase his value so they can move him. And do you think that'll happen? <laughs> I hope so. Yeah. I don't think so. Yeah, it would suck to have to cut a second-round pick while still on their rookie contract. But with that Stevenson move, uh, I don't see them cutting him. Uh, Sombrilo was solid in pass protection last week. I mean, he looked better than he had in the past. Granted, again, second, third, and fourth stringers. But he's he's at least looks like he can sit out on the field without getting blown up every play like he had in the past two years. Still not great in the run game, though. Just does not get much drive. He's just not a strong guy. There was one run play that really stood out. And uh, surprisingly, it was um, Schofield was on the field with Sambrello, and Schofield looked great. Sambrello was just awful, just, just awful, awful, awful. Yeah, he's been up and down, but hopefully the uh, the Seahawks or somebody will come calling, and we can get a late pick for him because that's always better than just dumping him. But uh, moving on to the defense, my defensive tackles that I have, I have a uh, Demata Pecco. Uh, Zach Kerr and Tyreek Jarrett making the 53 uh, for the more defensive tackle, nose tackle types. Uh, then for the five tech, three tech types, I got Wolf, Crick, Gotsis, and last game's MVP, Shelby Harris. So how, how many is that total? Seven. Seven. With Demarcus Walker being able to play defensive line and edge. Okay. See, I, I put Walker with the, the outside linebackers. Yeah, he's listed with them for me. I was going to get to him next. Okay. Yeah, I have uh, Derek Wolf, Damata Pecco, Jared Crick. Zach Kerr, Adam Gotsis, and Shelby Harris. I did not have Tyreek Jarrett, and I just uh, – he was my he was my number 54. Oh, man. Okay. Yeah, I, I can see that. Um, I have him making it, though. Um, Derek Wolf, Crick, Pecco, you're starting three. Gotsis, Kerr, Harris, backup defensive, and also can throw them inside, and it's versatility is the key to this defensive line. And then um, Jarrett as the backup pure nose tackle. Um, I like Kylo Pecco. Um, I just don't see him making it. I think he makes the practice squad. And um, either Soto or Adams probably make the practice squad as well. I heard there was rumors that Pecco might go on the IR. Kyle Pecco, that is, because of um, his injury. He could. He um, They can definitely say that he suffered a setback and throw him on IR. Uh, I, wouldn't be, I wouldn't mind that at all. Keep him around for another year. Um, limits what he can do with the team. But it keeps him around, doesn't waste the practice squad spot on a guy that they can keep around and, you know just in a different way. Yeah, absolutely. So I guess we're going to have to put some money on that Tyreek Jarrett one. He's just been too impressive for me. And with the Zach Kerr injury of the knee, we you know out uh, one, two, three weeks. We'll see. Uh, I think Jarrett's played well enough that I don't want him being scooped up. Granted that nose tackle is probably the least valuable position on an NFL team today. I mean, we've seen that with the draft, those pure run stuffers falling farther and farther uh, to the point of being undrafted for a lot of them. But with how he's played and move guys around and Pecco being older and Kerr being injured, I think Jarrett's somebody that I want to protect and I'd like to have him on the roster. Like I said, he he was my guy that I went back and forth on the most just because, like you said, he has played well. He has done well holding the point of contact. I, I've been impressed with some of his athleticism for the size he is of actually moving down the line of scrimmage to try to go make a play. And uh, so it wouldn't shock me if he makes the roster. That's why I wouldn't, I wouldn't make that bet just because – I would not be shocked by that. It just, like I said, that nose tackle, that backup nose tackle, you know, they're just not going to see a whole lot of snaps. You know, your, your starting nose tackle 
might only see 40% of the snaps. So I don't know. It, it just, that, that was kind of my reasoning behind it. But. I, I definitely can get that, especially when you have such versatility because Kerr, he can play nose tackle. Wolf, like all these guys can play nose tackle. There's not really that need for that backup pure nose, tack, nose tackle who can't, who can't slide out to defensive end. So I, I definitely understand your thought. I just, my, my fear just comes down to if he hits the open market, I have a hard time seeing some team not pick him up. Yeah, no, I get that. So I, I guess I'm taking the chance. And, and that was where I was so mad about the whole Paxton injury because that is that one roster spot right there. Yeah. You know, that, that's that's where it costs us somebody that could actually be valuable to the team. Yeah, yeah. See, with me, mine comes at the rush linebacker position. Um, normally, I, I beforehand, I had Dora making it. Now I don't. I have Miller, Ray, Barrett, Edibali, and Walker. I, I really wanted to put Dora on it, but – Again, as you just were talking about that quarterback spot, yeah, um, I just had to make that change. And see, that's where I I got to be able to keep Dora because I didn't take Tyreek. Yeah. So that, that's that my extra one on there is I got six outside linebackers making it, and Dora he's he's shown well. You know, he's had he's shown a little more burst than last year for sure. And he's slimmed down. Showing, yeah, he's slimmed down. He's shown that power still to to be able to push the pocket. And I've been impressed by his awareness. You know, there's a lot of times where teams try to run that naked bootleg against us, and Dora hasn't fallen for it once, you know, at least that I've seen. And so I've, I've just been impressed with his ability just to kind of see where the play is going and, and not get the sack on the play, but still at least pressuring the quarterback to make a quicker decision. So, I, I, yeah, that's why I wanted to keep him on the roster, especially with all of our other injuries. You know, Walker's been banged up, Barrett, Still trying to come back. Shane Ray, obviously, you know, no clue on exactly when he's coming back. Week one, week two, somewhere in there. But so I just wanted to keep that extra guy around. Yeah. Um, before you get into this, um, yours, Nick, um, there's also a chance still that um, I might come back to this and put Dora on the roster. It all depends on uh, what I decide when we come to safeties. Very true. Uh, as far as the rest of the edge rushers, uh, obviously, I have Von Miller. Not a shock there. I was debating on keeping him on the roster or not. I don't know that, that contract. Uh, Shane Ray, Shaq Barrett, Edibali, just because, you know, special teams ace. And then Walker. I did, so I don't, I didn't have Dora making it either. I kept Jarrett instead. Uh, and the reason for that, it's twofold. It's like I talked about the Zach Kerr injury, uh, but it's also the recent rumors of Brooks being very high on the Broncos radar. That makes me think that they do not think of Dora as highly. Maybe I'm reading too much into it. But if they were pretty content with, you know, Dora and Edibali and Miller at the the edge, the strong linebacker uh, side, that they would not be entertaining Brooks, and that would definitely kick him off. What if so, that just means they're not happy with Walker? Dun, dun, uh, dun. dun. Yeah, that's possible. Um, that would change things, especially. But then you've spent the whole training camp and preseason trying to play Walker at edge, and then you're trying to kick him back in. Maybe they completely mismanaged it. I don't know. I I feel like I've spoken ill enough of my thought on the Walker pick. So I'm going to open slate, trying to be Mr. Positive over here. All right. Well, moving along to off-ball linebacker, I have Brandon Marshall, Todd Davis, Corey Nelson, and Zaire Anderson, all the main guys who are there and no surprises there. I've been disappointed specifically in Zaire Anderson. He's been uh, pretty disappointing this offseason, in my opinion. Corey Nelson doesn't really get me excited. 
Uh, don't love the depth at off-ball linebacker, but you need to have those bodies, especially when it comes to special teams and the injury history of Brandon Marshall and Todd Davis. But on my, if you're asking me, you know, last year I harped on the the weakness of the interior defensive line. Uh, this year it looks like it's the depth at linebacker that's going to have me the most nervous. I, I went a little bit of a different route. I don't have four inside linebackers making it due to what Denver can do with TJ Ward and Simmons and their, their, their safeties, Will Parks as well. I have them only taking Marshall Davis and Nelson. Anderson has been really disappointing. Um, I do like Kevin Snyder. He has shown enough to me to stick around on the practice squad. But again, it's with how much they're in sub packages and all this stuff like that. Um, their use of safeties at linebacker, uh, nickel, um, only two linebackers on the field. Like it's just um, sometimes only one of them on the field. I, I just don't see the need with four anymore. If one of them gets hurt, you can always throw down Ward at there and then bring S- Simmons in at safety. So th- that's just why I went the way I did. Yeah, I kept four. I, I've been with Nick on Zaire Anderson just being a huge disappointment. Corey Nelson has not impressed me, but he's looked better than the last three years and has shown a little bit more of an all-around skill set rather than just being a, a third-down specialist in coverage. So, I don't know. I, I kept four, and but it wouldn't surprise me because Nick and I have talked about this a little bit of, like you said, with TJ Ward, but Jamal Carter. You know, how many times has he played inside linebacker compared to safety and, and made a play? You know, that's the other part of it. He's yeah. got that height, sp- height, weight, speed combination that just is very, very impressive for, for a guy. But I don't know. I, I still feel like keeping four, especially special teams ability for some of those inside linebackers makes some sense. Yeah, um, just with Dora, I, I could be coming back to this with how I have my roster. I actually only have 52, and I saved that 53 spot for – for a few different ways that we could go with it. And Anderson is, was one of those ways. So is Dora. And so was a safety that you actually just mentioned in Carter, but we'll get more on that when we get to safeties. Right. Well, that sounds like an opt out way to take a hard line stance, (laughs) (laughs) but yeah, uh, moving to probably the, the best positional group on the team and the cornerbacks Tlaib Harris jr. And Roby, obviously, uh, Langley is cornerback four for me, but then I have Chris Lewis Harris making it over Doss. Doss to me is somebody who he had a decent game last week, according to Pro Football Focus, but we know not to trust them in a small sample size. I just don't love his his footwork, and he's so stiff in his hips that playing in a so much uh, press man man to man coverage with uh, one or two safeties back, I don't think that he's making the roster. Also, to add on to it, he's not really a huge special team contributor. So that, in the end, makes Chris Lewis-Harris the choice for me as that fifth cornerback. Yeah, I agree. And I actually have an interesting question um, for both of you. Um, If a play happens, and it was a really good play for said player, but a penalty happens and negates it, do you still um, take it into consideration? In preseason, yes. In preseason, of course. I would. Yeah. I don't. So Doss's interception is meaningless to me. Okay, I mean, if I want, really want to break down, throw wasn't that great. He made a good read, made the pick, had a decent return. But play didn't count. Interception didn't count. Plays null and void. Um, you mentioned special teams play. Doss doesn't play special teams. I don't think I've seen him on special teams unit, but it's also kind of hard to keep track of everybody. Um, Langley, he has a returner. Um, Harris Lewis, he's just flat out outplayed Doss. 
Um, by play alone on defense, I couldn't. I wouldn't actually could see Harris or Lewis Harris as number four and Langley number five. He he's been that good. But Tlaib Harris and Roby, you're they're their obvious your obvious top three. Like don't need to really mention that. Yeah, it just Doss saw it last year. He started off training camp pretty hot, and then kind of fell flat. Made a couple plays during the preseason, but then just disappeared. Come regular season, completely. He's the Cody Latimer of cornerback. I don't have him making it. I finally have him gone. Hurts, I was a big fan of his coming out, but I'm taking the loss on him, and I'm just to the point of I'm ready to move on. Yeah, he, he's a guy, at least watching him this preseason, and it showed up with training camp. He's a, a boomer bust. You know, the interception, like you said, it was it was an overthrow. You know, it, it was kind of more to him than the receiver, honestly. He was there to make, you know, he was there in position to make a play, but he also had other plays where he was trying to be in coverage and guy faked him out big time and made a play. And so, uh, yeah, I'm not very impressed with him the last two preseasons for sure. And Chris Lewis Harris, he's been a lot more consistent, uh, brings that special teams added ability. And, and I think he just, he's more of that, that team player, you know, that guy that's there to, to help the team, not just be an individual kind of thing. I don't know if that makes any sense, but it just, I just have that feeling with him that he's, he's that great team player. You know, he wants to help on any way he possibly can for the team, you know, whether that be special teams, whether that be him getting in on defense, whatever it is. So yeah, I just see him keeping those five and, and being happy with it. I think they, they would love that unit. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm excited about Brendan Langley. Yeah. I'm excited about the cornerback group. Uh, Chad and Will touched on it in the preview or the review episode, but Brendan Langley had pretty solid game. He did let a tackle get away, but overall I think he's, I mean, that was his best game so far, and he played some solid man-to-man coverage. I love his length. I love his aggression. And I think, I mean, worst-case scenario, in my opinion, we have a Kayvon Webster replacement. But in terms of his athleticism and his aggression, he may be, end up a starting cornerback. We'll see. I mean, that's a lot of – that's a high praise for a very raw third-round pick. So, yes, moving on, uh, the, one of the final positions that we'll touch on here is the safety position. I have, of course, Darian Stewart, TJ Ward, Justin Simmons, who I think is going to be – probably our most improved player on the defense this year. Maybe Adam Gotsis. I don't know, but I'm really excited about Justin Simmons in the three safety sets. And then I have Jamal Carter making it with uh, Will Parks being let go. I've He's solid, but I feel like there's players out there that are like Parks. He's the classic too much of a tweener. You know, he's not smooth or quick enough that I want him playing that deep safety role, but he's also just a little bit small. Uh, not quite strong enough that I want him to play more of that box role. And to me, Carter is more has more height, weight, speed all around and uh, higher upside. Probably Will Parks does do some pretty special special teams, uh, special special teams. That's how what we're offering here. Um, he's good on special teams for the Broncos, but he's had a couple low hits that I haven't been a huge fan of. And I just like Carter's upside more. With those low hits, it just seems cheap and dirty to me. And I am really not a fan of it. I do agree with you about how he's kind of a bit of a um, safety tweener. Not that guy you want deep, not that guy you really want up in the box, kind of somewhere in between. But the thing is, is special teams. When you're looking at that fourth, fifth guy on the depth chart for almost any position, it's special teams. That's your special teams guy. That's where the special teams coach makes his picks. That's where he comes involved, gets involved with it. And I just, I just can't see him passing up Parks despite the low blows. Um, I would much rather see him go with Carter than Parks. They can, they possibly very likely go both. Um, it is very common to do five corners, five safeties. 
I hope they only carry four though. It's, but if they go, see this, the, I talked on it and this is where my struggle came is I wanted to keep Dora. Like I like what he's shown. I don't think he makes it to the practice squad. Unfortunately, I wanted to keep him, but then I only have three linebackers inside linebackers. So what happens with Anderson? Well, there's Carter who can also do it. Like it's this never ending circle. That's why I have 52 players on my roster. I, I, I could sub out any one of them and be okay. The two I would pick between is Carter or Dora over Anderson. I, don't know, I just like what I really like what Carter brings to the table, though. So I'd probably give the edge for the 53 spot to him. Yeah, I, I have Will Parks not making this team either. And I, I agree that the special team side of it, but I just feel like Carter can really bring the special team side of it. Plus, he has better ability when he's actually called on for the defense. And Will Parks, he just he really has not impressed me one bit. You know, when he's he's gotten a lot of playing time because of TJ Ward's injury. And it seems like he every single play, he's always that half second late. And it just, it, it really, uh, that bothers me more than the low blows. Just because, you know, if this guy ever actually had to play on defense, he's going to be that weak link. And Carter, he's shown at least better instincts, I think. You know, a lot of plays where he's already flown towards where the ball is supposed to be going, right at the snap. And and so that's just, that's for me why I like Carter a lot more. I'm, I've been very surprised by his ability. Because I thought, you know, he was more just that athlete than he ever was football player, but he's shown well as a football player. And like I said, it just that I'm, I'm with you there, Eric, on that final guy. Who who do you have as that final guy on your roster? And and you know, for me, I had to take Tyreek out so I could get Dora on there. And it wouldn't surprise me with Anderson with how bad he's played so far. He doesn't make it. You know, it just that that 53 man, man, that's a tough guy to pick. So as you're talking about this, I actually had a pretty funny thought. You always hear coaches talk about the best 53 make it, right? If Denver were to take the best 53, they would have like three offensive linemen. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, it, that's just how true it is. That just shows how weak their offensive line is. Even still, yes, it looks better than last year, but it's still a really weak unit. And three might be an understatement. Four probably make it. Maybe five. Like, you could probably feel the whole offensive line with it but you won't have any backups um it's just that's just how weak it is but yeah, i just find that found that funny no i agree there, there's always going to be positions that are stronger than others it, it just it sucks because you're you get stuck taking these guys who don't really deserve to be on the roster per se and you're getting rid of guys who do deserve to be on a roster like Jawan thompson he deserves to be on this roster but you get stuck you got to take somebody like michael schofield or donald stevenson you got to take one of them on because you need the backup like it's just or you got to get you get stuck taking three tight ends who none of them really deserve to be on it because they haven't shown enough or you take that third linebacker like Corey nelson who hasn't shown enough to um, deserve it it's just I don't envy general managers' jobs when they come to building the 53-man roster. I don't. I have fun doing it, doing it at, on my bed, on my couch, on my chair at home. But if I were to do this for an actual team, I'd be bald because I'd pull out all my hair. <laughs> well, that sounds about right. We don't have very many differences on our rosters, but overall, um, oh, you, oh, come we still, on, we still, there's three positions we haven't covered here. Yeah, I mean, yeah. come on. What about kicker? <laughs> what about punter? What about long snapper? Those are what everybody is listening in for. Come on. Yeah, you're, you're right. You're right. <laughs> uh, Casey Kreider, Hawkeye. 
gonna make the long snapper. Brandon McManus been McMoney. He's honestly gonna be pushing for one of the top ten, top five kickers in the league. I think he's been that solid and he's got that good of a boot, he, especially from that forty to fifty five range. I mean, he's so consistent there. He's getting better year after year. He's he's really good. He and needs then, to get signed uh, to a long term deal. Yes, he does. I agree. Yeah. Honestly, it should happen before season the season starts. Because every the more he plays, the more expensive it's gonna get. Uh, and Riley Dixon, the uh, pick last year, seventh round, who's sixth round or seventh round? Uh, seventh, I thought. Seventh yeah, round, yeah, seven. you're right. Uh, very athletic, got a boot. I mean, he had a 70-yard punt in camp earlier this earlier this uh, training camp, so I'm excited to see him, and I'm pretty excited. The special teams has not been good, but the specialists have been very good and consistent, so very good. The cover, uh, the cover units have been bad. The actual specialists have been good. Yes, and, exactly. Um Obviously, there is no competition here, so I don't see any of us having a any difference. McManus, Dixon, Crater, Crater. I'm really bad with names, <laughs> um, but yeah, I agree. Uh, McManus deserves an extension. Um, I liked it. I liked the Dixon pickup a little bit. He gets a lot of um, unnecessary crap, really, for last year. And everybody's saying we should take Colquitt. He was better than Colquitt last year. He last was. year, Dixon was better than Colquitt for like the last three or four years. Like, and then you save all that money. Were there mistakes from Dixon? Yeah, there there were some bad punts. Colquitt had them too. Like, I'm I'm just glad to be out from underneath Colquitt, who was, in my opinion, the most over is the most overrated punter and was the most overrated punter. I don't know if I'd say the most overrated. Do you remember Todd Sarb run? No, I mean, I mean in the NFL <laughs> right now. Yeah, no, I got you. I got you. Anything different there? Anything different, Carl? <laughs> no, I think I think we're good gonna, there. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I I am excited about Dixon. He had a very good rookie year, and just to see him build on that, he had some very nice directional punts this last game. Uh, you know, that's something that shocks me so many times that NFL teams don't do better directional punts. You know, like don't make a guy have to try to down it just. You know, kick it to the out of bounds at the ten yard line, and if you got a guy that can Off do that, hard. it just it eliminates the need for a, a good coverage unit. And he's he's one of the best, I think, at especially attacking those sidelines. Yeah, absolutely, and he's a good athlete as well. Hopefully, we'll see some more trick plays this year. Yeah, I'd love to see those. <laughs> like fourth and two, let's have fun. Yeah. Did you all see the what the punter did for the Bengals? I want to see him do something like that. Oh man, that was that was. Yeah, pretty impressive. Behind the back to avoid the block. Man. I heard Lord. the Harlem Globetrotter music playing in the background when he was doing that. <laughs> <laughs> what I hear is, um, oh, what's his face is the whoop, whoop. Oh, yeah. Chris Berman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And then uh, Pup and I are, just the last thing to close out, I have Jake Butt making there, uh, Kyle Pecco, Carlos Henderson, and uh, Chad Kelly. Carlos Henderson, he's listed week to week, but I think given the other wide receivers, you just can't afford to stash him on the active roster. So it is it is what it's going to have to be, unfortunately, in that situation. Yeah, it's um, Kelly. Um, I, I wouldn't mind seeing Pecco. Saves him a uh, practice squad spot. I actually have like 13 people on my practice squad right now, which is a little much. Carlos Henderson, you can always call him back. I wish they would do Booker, but I don't see it happening. But yeah, it's just leaves leave some um, roster flexibility. I think with if you were to put Booker on there, Chad Kelly on there, it was always the plan to put him on I injured reserve this year. I don't know why anybody decided to argue with me against it. <laughs> just saying, but um, 
Yeah, it's. Uh, I, I I do wish they put Petco on there. Don't don't risk him. I can't disagree from this end with any of those, yeah. and it just makes sense. And have to hope that uh, Jake Butt can come back sooner than later. That after yeah. six weeks he's ready to go. So I hear he's lost his his brace on his knee. So that's that's good to hear. And yeah, just hope six weeks from now we got our ourselves our starting tight end. Yeah. Absolutely. So good job, guys. I think we should wrap up this extra long podcast. So, Before we get out of here, we'd like to say thank you once again to our sponsor, Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com backslash huddle up. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Again, that's www.audibletrial.com backslash huddle up. Well, that will wrap up the preseason week four and 53-man roster prediction episode of the Huddle Up podcast. Thank you for tuning in again as we did our deep dives all throughout the offseason, and now we're going to be turning our focus to more of the preview episodes for each and every Bronco matchup. Thank Eric once again for joining us today. We always love having him on. He is uh, going on, he told me, about one and a half to two hours of sleep with the, the newborn there. Um, and so he switches one child screaming at him for me screaming at him. So he's, he's a saint for that. <laughs> and uh, and um, also, gotta say again, I know you guys are big big Lynch Bros. So hopefully, you know you're doing a little bit better with that Simeon winning that battle. So don't give up hope yet, though. Lynch has still got some potential. I mean, I, it's not over. It's not over. Thank for <laughs> yeah, thank for Darnold. Um, we are just like I don't know, 13 days out until the Broncos take on the Chargers uh, Monday Night Football on September 11th. So make sure you're tuning into the podcast and checking in on Mile High Huddle as the team wraps up preseason and prepares to take on the Chargers. Uh, you can find Carl on Twitter at Carl Dummler MHH and myself on Twitter at Nick Kendall MHH and Eric as well if you want to follow him at Eric Trickle. He, he's okay. <laughs> we like to give each other a hard time. He calls me a Panthers fan. I, I don't understand. I, I do like Keekly, but that's a little... Oh, Luke came up with that, not me. Oh, okay. It was Luke. Okay. Okay. I, I forgive you. Follow Trickle then. <laughs> he has my support. Um, and find our Bronco articles on Mile High Huddle and AffiliateOfScout.com. Uh, check out all of our pieces this week. Um, I'm going to be working on a Shelby Harris piece. Um, I know there's going to be a Jamal Charles piece coming out, some film work. And, uh, you know, football's here. So make sure you're checking in and following our articles. You can follow the Huddle Up podcast by subscribing on iTunes and for Android users, Stitcher. Uh, we also have audio up on YouTube that you can check out. You can follow us on Twitter at Mile Huddle and at Huddle Up Pod. Again, please be sure to subscribe and rate us and reach out to us as we love talking football. And if you can, just make sure you troll Eric. He loves it. Um, for Carl Dumbler uh, and Eric Trickle, I'm Nick Kendall, wrapping up another episode of the Huddle Up podcast. We hope you enjoyed it, and we will see you next week. Go Broncos. Mile high huddle.